Spurs have their new coach, and it is Ange Postacoglu. All right across, deflected in, and Salah scores! And Madison can drive, and Son is in! Welcome to the Oso Spurs podcast, where this is the Chelsea preview. We'll be going over team news, Ange's interview, the expectations of the lineup, Poch's return, Chelsea's style of play and how that's going to match up against ours, the expectations of the results, and some discussion around the new structure inside Tottenham for transfers. And with us today, we've got Si and Johnny. How are you, boys? All good, mate. All good. Good to have you on. <laughs> Shall we jump straight into it then, lads? Um, in terms of team news for the game, it seems like the only person missing is is Destiny Doggy. Do you expect him to to walk in if he's eighty percent fit, or do you think we're going to Davies is out injured as well? Actually, we should note that. So, do we expect him to walk back in? And if he doesn't, who's going to go at left back? Do you think, Sai? Well, I think uh, Anne said fifty fifty at the moment, right? So um, mm-hmm. they're they're assessing him day to day. So the fact that it's a Monday kickoff is probably good for us couple of extra days to, to, to assess and see if he can make it. If he's anywhere near fit, I think we chance him. Um, if he's not, then it's Emerson at left back, right? Left back, right? But he's at yeah. left back. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's looking at what he's done recently in terms of subs, etc. That's the only that's the only solution with Davis being out. So, um, but I think that's the only um, injury forced decision that is going to be made for the for the lineup, right? I think. I think so. Johnny, you have anything else? No, that's all. Uh, just Davies and Davies and uh, Adogi. Yeah. 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 So we think Emerson Royale at left back yeah. or Adogi is basically the two options. But I, I also wanted to touch on before we just go into the game itself, Angie's interviews that have just been coming out. Um some really, really interesting comments there. Um, particularly in the way he handled conversations about the history of Pochettino um, and also around, you know, would you like to have a billion pounds to spend in the transfer market? I thought his answers to that were, were pretty insightful as well. But what did you make of it, Johnny? Have you had a chance to, to watch it? I, I was kind of like working whilst listening to it in the background. So I, there were there were bits that I missed. I, I, I did kind of like... I think he was asked about the billion pretty uh, early on, and he was like, "I'm not sure if the context of the question was referring to the um, the Chelsea millions and their contracts." It was. It was was exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's, I guess, probably being tactful as well as being honest, because I mean, it's not. It wouldn't really be his style. It certainly wouldn't be the history he's had. The kind of clubs he's been at, where you kind of have that um, sort of service and. I kind of think that I don't think that sort of a project, that oh, horrible word, but that that sort of a club w- would really entice him anyway, because I think he, I think he he wants to make his own mark and and does like an element of a challenge. Doesn't mean he wouldn't go to a, a club that had more money than Tottenham, but I think what he's the way he answered it was very much on like just being like, no, we've got to be realistic, and you know, you don't necessarily um, find that when you spend a lot of money, you're going to have you know, uh, some kind of an amazing team. We've seen lots of examples of clubs splashing the cash, not just in England, but overseas in, in Spain with the Real Madrid, kind of the, the millennium, turn of the millennium, and took them long enough before they won a, La Liga. So, yeah, I, I think he was typical and very very tactful, didn't want to sort of refer directly to Chelsea, um, same as when he was talking about Pochettino, he's he's very respectful and totally acknowledged what he'd the impact he'd made at, at Tottenham. Um, 
but he is all, always kind of brings it back to the present day and, and where they're at and kind of what's ahead and not getting too excited or looking too far down the line. But Potch is just all, sorry, Jesus Christ. Pasta Cuglu is, oh, is, oh my God. Freudian slip that. Yeah, no, Pasta Cuglu, let's just call him Ange. Uh, he's, he's always, he's always really grounded, isn't he? And, and just, uh, just, just so level and, and measured yeah. and genuine. So yeah, I thought it, just just kind of classic Postacoglu, really. Um, what yeah, about you, Si? Come. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and and the thing that gets me about Postacoglu is he doesn't swerve anything, and mm. he just talks like a normal bloke, right? Mm. And he gets asked the question. So I think I'll paraphrase because I don't know the exact question, but it was something along the lines of they were asking him about uh, what do you think of the challenge that Maurizio's got at Chelsea? How do you see that? How do you view it? And he was like, well, I don't. I don't know, because <laughs> unless you're in the role, unless yeah. you're in the role, doing the role, you don't know the challenges, because what you see from the outside is what you're allowed to see from the outside, basically. And he mm. said, like, you have no idea of the challenges that I have here, because I can't tell you everything, and I won't tell you everything. So unless you're doing the job and you understand the challenges, you can't have a view on it. And he said, it, basically, he was sort of summing it up. That it'd be wrong for him to have a view on that when he's not there doing it. So he wants to focus on now. He wants to focus on what he needs to do. He wants to focus on what the team needs to do. And when he was asked about the run of games, he was like, well, yeah, you can either look at it as a group of games, which aren't easy, because I think it's, was it, we've got Chelsea, we got Chelsea, there's Villa in there, there's Man City in there, oh, there's great. Newcastle, there's West Ham. So they, they yeah. could look like a tough run of games. And he said, oh, you can take each game as it comes. Yeah and focus on that game and be present and get the players focusing on what they need to do now rather than looking too far into the future. And he was like, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, it's an interesting... I liked the way he referred to when he was asked about, you know, Poch. He said kind of like, everyone's got history with their exes. I kind of like the way he brings it down to that... that, that well, he was asked like, about that, wasn't it? He said, the, was yeah. it the, 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 the female journalist who said, you know, when you see your ex with someone you don't really like, you really don't like the person she's with, how do you feel about that? And he was like, Jesus, that's a, that's a lot to unpick in that question. It, it is. I didn't think of that before. You're right. The question around... Effectively, he was asked, would you like a billion pounds to spend on players and yeah. saying there's evidence it doesn't work i didn't think of that and put two and two together he's obviously having a gentle dig at the way chelsea are structured mm. so that's mm. really mm. interesting it must be so daniel must be lap, lapping it up oh, someone's defending him to such a level like that to basically <laughs> say i'd rather have i'd rather have daniel's transfer budget than i would uh, a billion pounds so um in fairness yeah, though you look at the our two, our two uh, most expensive signings like i mean tangy's obviously <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my gosh! Yeah. He's a soap opera in himself, and um, I mean, clearly Richie's having a major struggle as well. So, like, uh, I mean, anyone who thinks that money exists. room service and Bailey. Oh, oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll supersize that, please. There's also on that there's there's report that came out today that because there was talk he might come back in January because they'll cancel his own Galatasaray. Apparently we made sure in that agreement that's not allowed. So he's your problem <laughs> over there in Turkey. He's going to lap up those kebabs. I'm sure now. Um, he's <laughs> enjoy. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it was it was a really refreshing interview as it always is with Ange. I, I've said this before and it's come back to mixed responses. I don't mean it literally, but wouldn't the all or nothing series have been 
a oh, blockbuster yeah. show under Ange that we'd rewatch over and yeah, over again. Yeah. It's such a shame it happened under Jose. It was such yeah, a shame. But it was sort of that they must have commissioned it before they made the decision to sack Poch, though. Yeah, because yeah. because it was and and then all they did was cut everything from the start of the season, and then exactly. it was the Jose show, Five right? Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See ya. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing, the other thing that I really liked about just to, just to close out the, the 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 press conference bit, Jim, um, he was asked about two players, and one thing that I always found a little bit frustrating about Potch was he almost refused to talk about individuals. He would always bring it back to the solely about the team. But what Ange does really well is he makes it. It's all about the team, but he's very keen to pull out individuals when he's asked about them and big them up and say what they contribute to the, to the, to the team, what they contribute bigger than that. And he had a conversation there about Saar and, mm. and one of the journalists asked about, you know, Saar, you know, is he a six? Is he an eight? And, and answered he's everything. Mm. He's everything that he wants to be. He can be a six. He can be an eight. He's sometimes a 10. He's sometimes a yeah. fullback. He said where this kid can go is 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 anywhere he wants to, basically. Um, and I thought that that was such – imagine being 20 years old and having a manager like that say that in public about you. How is he going to feel when he goes out tomorrow? He's going to feel like he can take on the world. Yeah, I, I agree. If, if you want to watch how to handle young players and handle amnesty in a, in a camp or a player like we had when Basumi obviously – reportedly turn up late to training in the first week, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. the model of how to handle it. Eric Ten Hag is the opposite end of the spectrum of how not to handle it if you want to self-implode and demotivate your, your camp. It's, it's, he's the master of it. So, mm-hmm. Talking of um, and handling things well, how are we going to handle Pochettino's return as a fan base? And this is a two-part question to you. Because one is how you will handle it as individuals being in the ground. We all be there. But and and the other side is how do you expect the overall ground atmosphere to be, um, Johnny? Start with you. I know you. Go yeah, we talked about this a little bit the, in the previous part. So like I, I I was pretty clear on the fact that I I know that he's he's a Chelsea manager. So you know Chelsea's not a club that's very um, we're not not too enamoured with to it mildly. So yeah, we would definitely want to give the Chelsea team a lot of intimidation and kind of like the North London Derby kind of vibe that we have had in the past. So there's no question about that. But regarding Pochettino, I'm, I, I feel quite strongly that we really should be respectful of him. I understand why people wouldn't would have reservations about clapping them and, or anything like that. Certainly shouldn't be disrespected. I wouldn't have a problem with, with clapping him if he's, if he comes in and he waves. I don't know if he's going to do that or not, but if he comes in there, like for what he's given me as a Tottenham fan, the, the memories, Amsterdam and all of that. Um, and, and the hope that he gave us connection that we had with him, not too dissimilar from, um, Postacoglu in some ways, you know, that connection that we now have and, and, you know, a bit of a man crush, bit of a genuine kind of affection for the guy. I think. I don't think he's been at a club since he was with us. And, and okay, I know we've got like rose tinted spectacles when we're talking about our own club, but I doubt if he really feels um, since Espanol probably that was his club, uh, you know, as a player. So that's a club that's important for him. Obviously, old, Neil's old boys in Argentina, but in Europe, I think after leaving Spain, I'm just, I can't imagine he's got the same feelings about Paris Saint Germain um, or Southampton. No. 
And I, I doubt if he'll have the same feelings for Chelsea because I don't think he'll be there long enough. And it's a whole different story mm. with them anyway and their expectations. So what he brought us, I would very happily clap him because we didn't get sick by him. And that's why I'd like the fans to clap him politely, just acknowledge what he is and what he's what he's done for us. And then as soon as the whistle blows, just get stuck in and, and give his team all hell we can possibly give them, you know. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I really hope he doesn't get any booze because I don't think it would be would reflect well well on on the club or on our fan base. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, it's it's a bit like uh, you're with an ex. Um, everything was going well, amicable relationship, but she's moved to Australia. Um, she's gone off, but she, when she comes back in the room, I'm not going to clap her when she comes in arm in arm with a Chelsea fan. But I'm not going to be nasty to her either. But um, what do you what was your point, Johnny? You were about to say something. I was just I was just going to um, make the point that because when we whenever uh, she was unattached, the girlfriend was unattached, and we were unattached, and she was waiting for us to ask her out again, but we didn't. So you can't blame her for. Well, I mean, she could have chosen better than the Chelsea supporter, obviously. There you go. You know, that's that's key. But if, you know what's she going to do? Wait around for us all the time? Well, she's just not in our league anymore. So like. You know, whoa, whoa! Yeah. I would say we're we're out of their league. Now. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's let's yeah, face it. I'm, I'm not sure it's about whether we're still together or not. It's the fact that she's got with a dickhead, yeah, and you can't gone, clap yeah, her for being with is, a dickhead. It's like, oh, you've let yourself been, down, sweetheart. Really, you could have done so much better than that. So I can't yeah. celebrate that. Yeah. She's yeah. going out with a really, really rich guy who's just yeah. got an awful fashion sense and doesn't know how to spend his money. He's just covered in Gucci. Everything yeah. clashes. He's wearing bright white loafers, and just a terrible, terrible outfit. But um, it is what it is. I don't want to use up too much time on our ex-partners okay. anyway. Um, I, I think that's the general consensus, right? You you make your own decision. You have every right to do what you want when you're in that ground and you bought a ticket as long as it's not impacting anyone else you know in a harmful way do what you want enjoy it the way you want treat him how you want um yeah. you paid for your seat that's how i look at it so rolling on into the game itself it's really interesting we were discussing earlier weren't we the, about the stats behind both these teams because although if you looked at the table you'd say Tottenham are absolutely miles ahead of Chelsea clearly this season and they're in a bit of a mess i think they've seen some green shoots lately in the way they've been playing and statistically Actually, both the teams have a lot of similarities and they're not actually miles apart from each other. Um, particularly when you look at things like expected goals in open play, um, Tottenham and Chelsea are pretty close to each other. Spurs have the fourth best XG in open play at the moment, just behind Liverpool, um, Brighton and Newcastle and one ahead of Man City. But Chelsea are only two places behind them. Um, expected goals against as well. We look pretty similar there. Chelsea have the fourth best actually in terms of not conceding clear-cut chances, they sit as the fourth best team at that. And we're the sixth best team at that. And then lastly, if you look at the way in the people who are watching this on YouTube, don't worry about audio, basically what it shows is the zones of control of a pitch. Us and Chelsea map out exactly the same, that we are both playing a similar style. We, we control the pitch through our press in a very similar way. And we do a really good job of winning the ball back when anyone tries to play out their penalty area. Um, so yeah, based on that, I, I personally don't feel this is going to be the walk in the park. Maybe some of us have the expectation it will be. I don't know. I feel like we've got this exuding this confidence of we're going to be laughing Pochettino home out of that stadium and watching him walk through the tunnel with as a solemn figure. But 
Is, do you guys think it's going to be a, a tough game in reality? Sai, what do you reckon? Yeah, no, I, I think it is, Jim, and I think I agree with you there. It's, um, I think the, the table doesn't tell the story in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, where where ch- ch- the table's lying about Chelsea's position. Really, they, I, I think that if they had a centre forward like Son. They're much higher up the table. When you've got a centre forward that overachieves against his own XG the way that we do, um, you know, you can rely on those goals. They they struggle in that final third. And you listen to the Chelsea supporters and they they quite like the, the football that they're playing up until that final third, but they haven't got the killer ball. And they haven't got that person up front that they haven't had since what, Drogba, maybe, to really be that killer centre forward because they haven't got anyone that can finish properly. And I mean, if you look at it, they're, they're, play, they're playing Cole up front um, against Arsenal. They played Cole as a centre forward, didn't they? And they did. It, it, he's not. He's not a centre forward. So I think that um, where we will find some uh, difficulty against them is the speed of their counter-attack against us. I think Sterling is rapid I think Mudrick is rapid um, and I think we're going to have to be on the watch out there especially if Adogi isn't playing I think that right side could be a bit of a challenge for us mm. What about you Johnny would you agree if Sai there? I, mean, to, I, I think it's a, it's important to um, to temper our expectations a little bit and, or be realistic but at the same time um, I watched the Chelsea Arsenal game about a week or so ago and like that was a poor game. They were, both sides had, had poor, poor games, and in fairness, the conditions were really awful. But like any time I've seen Chelsea this season, like the the midfield was, t- was ticking along quite nicely in that game. They completely controlled that game and then just bottled it completely in the last fifteen mm-hmm. twenty minutes. Like Arsenal it, were so lucky to get a, a draw out of that game. But Ch- Chelsea's midfield for me were really strong that day. They, they were moving it around quickly, some a bit like ourselves, like some lovely. Um, interchanges and, and first-time passing and, and good pace. The trouble is they're they're absolutely toothless up front, and their keeper was had a, a howler, and he has been a bit, a bit sus with uh, in stark contrast to our new goalkeeper. So, like when you look at the xG, fair fair enough, but the like, size right, we we have Sun, um, and as a result, we've got nine goals more scored in the table than than they have, and that's like yep. basically what it comes down to. Um, that's a really important part of of, of um, you know of what a team's performance is, and so yeah. we've we've got the keeper, they don't, and and we've got a finisher, and they don't, and I think that that's the reason why I'd still be quite confident, without being cocky, that we will beat them on Monday if we play anywhere sort of close to our best. I, I mm. definitely wouldn't underestimate Chelsea; they they are really good in the middle. But they don't have anyone up front. I mean, that, that guy Jackson's really not really done it yet. I think he maybe he's potential yeah. in the long run, but they need to sign a striker. And I would have thought it's kind of ironic because they've got so many new signings, but they still don't have a, a new drug but, or, or anyone who can hit the back of the net. And, and what about Johnny, you, that, that, Yeah, no, but I just wanted to ask Johnny, <laughs> so, so that Arsenal game, Arsenal's midfield really didn't do a job yeah. for the first 70 minutes either, did they? So yeah. we don't really know how that Chelsea midfield will respond when mm. they go toe-to-toe because for some reason, for the first 70 minutes, Odegaard and Rice were almost missing out of that midfield. I don't know what was going yeah. on with them. They just weren't at the game. Yeah, and yeah. it was only when Rice... I mean, 
great finish by Rice for the cock up from the keeper, by the way, yeah. and that got them right back into the game. But when they then started going at Chelsea full pelt in the last 20 minutes, Chelsea looked really vulnerable. Mm. And I wonder, and, and that was with Chelsea at home. So mm. Chelsea away and us going at them full pelt at the lane with the atmosphere there, I, I think I think their back line is to be got at. And I think where we will hit them or where we will be most effective, I think, is down the centre. Because I think if we can get at Silver down, you know, if we can get get against Thiago down the middle, get Sonny running past him, he's, what, 39 now, yeah. 39 years old? Great player, don't get me wrong, been a, a magnificent servant of football. But he can't cope with Sonny running at him for 90 minutes. And if mm. I think there'll be space because that's the way Chelsea want to play. That will suit us, but it will also suit them. Yeah, yeah. I think this is an end-to-end yeah. ding-dong battle at the lane. Yeah. Um, and it's it's not going to be easy, and it's going to be a close game. Yeah, yeah. I think this is going to be Johnson's uh, best performance for us so far. I think he's going to start for those reasons you guys have mentioned. They'll yes. be looking at that defence thinking when they're going to push out and, and try attack us as well. Um, but we've got to beat them on that, not counter-attack, but we've got to be able to get behind them if we really want these. Um... We've got to turn the ball over early with them. Yeah, we do. We do. So um, do you think Johnson starts in, Jim? Yeah, I'd, I'd almost bet my bet my house on uh, Johnson Johnson starting this one. Um, yeah. Oh, one sec. Pause it. So your audio, is yours a bit weird? Is, John, is size audio weird for you, Johnny? I'm hearing a bit oh, of you're back. crackle on yours. Oh, yeah, I was hearing crackle on yours, but it seems to be oh, okay right. now. Anyway, okay. that was at five. Anyway, uh, that was at five minutes. <laughs> We're having a podcast. right old time of it tonight, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, I've cut that out. I've just got some editing to do tonight. It's fine. Five dot thirty. Oh. That happened. Um, yeah. So I, I. Yeah, I'm. I'm set on that. Johnson's definitely going to start. I always. I, I always saw Johnson, and Angie even said it in his. Um, interviews when he signed him he's always wanted Johnson he's always been a player that he felt was perfect for how he likes teams to set up but in previous jobs he just was not a realistic target that he could get he's come to Spurs made him a priority target got him it's just a matter of when he can get him into that starting lineup and that's as soon as he's fully fit um, that's my opinion that Rich Allison is going to be that backup left winger and backup striker and this season it will be Johnson and Kulisevsky and next season, just on all the links are towards a left winger, which means Johnson would probably go to the right and we'd have a lot of options, which is which is only a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so based on, on all that, um, what are you guys feeling in terms of results here? Are you feeling high scoring game or a nervy, nervy close contest? And how do you expect the final score to go? I'll start with you, Johnny, this time. Cool. Um, let's see if I can uh, make it two in a row. <laughs> I don't have quite the streak that mixed Mystic Jim has, but uh, I'll never go for it. Look, Johnny, if you uh, swipe I, right a million times, someone's going to swipe the other way by accident. That's uh, I'm yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I think we will win, and I think it will, there will be goals. And I'm going to say 3 1. I, I think that uh, I definitely agree with you a bit about Brennan Johnson starting. I think, um, you know, I think, I think the option of bringing Richie off the bench. Because um, Sonny's, not, uh, he did play the full game the other day um, against Crystal Palace, but he, he hasn't really done that almost at all. And it would be quite nice to be able to, if you're taking off Son, to bring on bring on Richarlison. And you know he's actually been quite effective when he has come off the bench. 
Um, so and, he, and then he'd be coming on in his preferred position. So I would love him to come off the bench and score kind of the third goal. But um, I think Johnson looked absolutely superb against uh, Palace, so definitely. Went, and with his pace, I don't know if Cuc- I can't imagine Cucurella uh, living with his pace. So I do feel I do quite fancy us down down the both sides, especially down the left. So yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with three one. I think just out of um, fear of, um, of of making it sound cocky, I, I, I'll give give them a go. But I, I, honestly. I'm 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 frighteningly confident because because I know when 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 I'm in the stadium I'll not, I will not feel as confident as this but I do feel I do feel really confident I I just don't think they're much of a threat up front I think that's my all right that's really why I don't I don't fancy their chances and also because Paul Merson said he doesn't see Chelsea getting beat <laughs> he'd rather have Brentford at home any day of the week than uh than a, a trip to to Tottenham. <laughs> That's Paul <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That that's filling you know. more hope. Yes. What about you, Sai? Score wise, what are you thinking? I think it's an odd goal, and I think that I think it's high scoring. So I'm, I think I think maybe three two. I think mm. it's going to be a bit closer than than some people think. With the um, Johnson uh, Richardson question, I'd like. So what I want is. Johnson to start. What I think will happen is I think Richardson will start to really get that press and that aggressiveness um, at the start of the game um, because I think that's what he's there for. I think if Sonny comes off and Johnson comes on, then move Richardson to the middle. That's not what I would do, but I think that's what might happen. Um, I think it's going to be an end-to-end ding-dong game. I think it's going to be very open. I think it's going to be a little bit um, like the Liverpool or the Man United game, um, where there's two teams that are going to want to come and play football. Because I think Chelsea mm. want to play football. They're not going to come and sit back. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to come at us. I think they're going to try and pressure us and see what our back line have got, if they can get at us. Um, and I think this is where uh, this is where Cootie and uh, Van der Ven earn their, earn their money. I think that both sides of Chelsea are, are, are quick. So, you know, you've got Sterling, I think, will be down the right. You've got Mudrick down the left. So I think both centre-back and full-back combo have got their work cut out for them, um, certainly first first half um, against them. So I think it'll be tight. I think it's your goal. I think 3-2. Interesting. Yeah, I, actually, I'll caveat Johnson starting with one thing, that Udogi's fit. I think if we've got a makeshift left-back, there's a higher chance. that we're... Actually, no, because it would be Emerson Royale, who's quite defensively sound, so I'll stick with Johnson left. Um, and similar to you guys, I know I it's it's not going to be an easy win, but I still think it will be a 2-0 win. Um, and that's down to, yes, they, they aren't as bad as they, they appear on paper, Chelsea, but it's that argument of, well, if they could score goals, they'd be good. Well, they can't. It's like this whole boring <laughs> argument of Marcus Rashford would be world class if he was composed and could score goals regularly. Yeah, well, yeah, as a striker, right. those are the two hardest things to do. Yeah. So I don't really get that argument. And they used to say about Martial, he would be world class if he could finish. <laughs> well, he can't. So yeah, yeah. I'll be go. a movie star if I was good looking. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. You'll just have to make do with being Spurs' ex-director of footballs. <laughs> um, but I, I, I need to wrap up there, boys. But I think, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game. Really, yeah, really me looking too. forward to it. Me too, boys. Yeah, be good. So we all finish with our up Spurs 
and uh, come on, Spurs. Come on, Spurs. <laughs> Spurs have their new coach, and it is Ange Postecoglou. All right across, deflected in, and Salah scores! And Madison 